0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hanson, along with former Milwaukee Bucks forward, Paul Mopeski. Coming to you on Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, Big Mo, is good to see you, man. You got on my favorite NBA team's cap. Two years, the mighty, the years mighty years. Detroit Pistons.
0: I only wear stuff where I played, and that's I played there. <laughs> there you go, there you go, big Mo. Hey,
1: hey, y'all played in the Silver Dome, right?
0: Yep, we played in the old hey. Silver Dome with the wind and the, uh, I think it. We had, I think, the record. We might still have it in the NBA for the biggest attendance when when the Lakers and Magic Johnson came through when Isaiah was a rookie. Uh, I think we had thirty-eight or forty-two thousand in the Silver Dome. How,
1: how could you even hit a layup in there? That has to be the worst shooting environment.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was because there's no background, but also, I mean, wind came through there. Wind would blow yeah, through yeah. there. I mean, you know, we used, you know, we we put the curtain down, and you know, the other side was where the Lions play, and which was by the by far the worst Astro turf. I've ever seen. It looked like it looked like outdoor carpet on cement. I mean,
1: I, that's, all, that's all it was.
0: I don't know how those guys could play on that, but uh, uh, you know, it was it was interesting playing in that, in that environment for
1: sure. And, and and Paul, you know the the Lions that south end zone, you could open the door and the wind would blow and guys would kick the field goals. yeah,
0: up at the top, up at the yeah. top, like. When it got really crowded, they would open that door. Shooting the yeah. doors, like shooting outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, those were, some, those were some good days, man. That was the start. I mean, really, that was the start of the resurgent I, Isaiah's coming in and eventually leading the Pistons to uh, two NBA titles and making them one of, of, of the teams in the late '80s and, uh, and '90s. But now we got some new rookies coming in, Mo. We
0: just, <laughs>
1: yep. just had the NBA draft last week. And, and, and first and foremost, I just want to get your thoughts on the draft overall. What surprised you? Um, what didn't surprise you? Just your thoughts in general about last week's draft, which, of course, we all knew Victor Mimbeona was going to be the
0: number one pick
1: uh, going to Portland.
0: Yeah, I mean, no wasn't any surprises, really. I mean... More of the surprises were the trades that were happening uh, all during the draft and before the draft. But you know, uh, uh, Victor Wimbyama uh, Wimby—that's what they call him, by the way—is uh, you know he's the you know he was the obvious first pick. Uh, you know there, there was then then it was everybody else, and you know he he's a freak of nature. He's you know he's seven five eight foot arm span, uh, runs the floor well, can finish like you saw there. Uh, you know he's in danger of hitting his head on the rim whenever he does that he can catch him and, and he can ro- pick and roll and catch lobs and finish him he's got a nice turnaround jump shot he has three point NBA range he can put it on the floor like this uh, you know he's not he can bring it down the, down the court like the Joker does uh, he's not he does, in my opinion he does not have point guard skills like some people think but he can rebound and bring the ball down and make the right decision. Um, you know, he and he's a great shot blocker. I mean, a great shot blocker, great timing, and he can block. He covers a lot of ground, and he can block shots without fouling, and, and that's huge. So, you know, I think his impact this year, next year as a rookie, or this coming year, I'm kind of excited to see if I can catch him in one of the summer league games here. He'll probably only play two or three. I bet um, he turned down going to the worlds and uh, representing France. He's just going to stay here and get ready. Uh, for summer league and in, in the NBA, I think that's a smart decision, um, you know. But let's have a little cautious here, people. Let's not go crazy and think he's the next LeBron or the you know the next KD or you know the next greatest thing. He could be, but let's have a little patience. I, I want to rewind it a little bit years ago when the Dallas Mavericks picked a young kid out of Germany named Dirk Nowitzki, and uh, the first year. The whole league and uh, and fans and were laughing at him and the Dallas Mavericks for picking him. They were laughing at him. He struggled. The physicality hurt him. Um, you know, and he needed to feel his way. He was a young guy, just like Kawhiyama, and you know, you got to have some patience because there's he's going to have some really good games and he's going to have some horrible games. I'm talking about six points, six rebounds, and a couple blocks. That kind of game. But just have some patience. He's going to play more games than he's ever played in his life. You know, he's used to playing, you know, 30, probably uh, in France, he probably played about 40 games in the league and then, you know, playoff games. He's going to play 82 plus uh, playoffs if the Spurs get there. So have some patience. But man, he's got a great upside.
1: Um, the Mo, this is a new day with social media and 24 hour news cycles. How does that factor in? He's got to just tune that out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let, let's 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 look at who we met with this weekend, right? Let's look at who we met with: Greg Popovich, Tim Duncan, David Robinson. These guys know what the deal is. They can be around him. They can talk him through it. They can comfort him and cover you know cover him up like 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 you know like a like a a, a younger brother. Um, you know, they know. They've been there before. Uh, and that was just a great way for the Spurs to do that. They're a great organization, you know. But uh, you know, he, he's going to take his bruises and his bumps, and you know that. But look at—I mean, just think of him. The last five days, there was a camera in his face every second. First pitch uh, in his face. Uh, going to get some breakfast burritos, tacos in his face. They're in his face. Getting off the airplane. Getting on the airplane. <laughs> walking to the airplane getting to the hotel, walking off the hotel, getting off the hotel. So he's used to this. Uh, So it's not going to affect him as much. He just needs to rely on those guys and his teammates and the coaching staff to when he has a bad game, chill out. It's okay. Guess what? Guess what? We got one tomorrow night. So you can play good tomorrow night. You know? So if they can keep him on that path, they'll they'll be fine. Um, You know, the thing that – and I've said this before. I mean, when you look at, like – the the first top ten picks in the NBA, five of the players were 20 years old, uh, four were 19, one was 21. So, you you know, and, and, you know, so they're all young kids. Uh, You know, uh, Brandon Miller, uh, that Charlotte pick from Alabama, he's the most NBA ready, I think, with his body and his skill. Uh, You know, uh, Scoot Henderson I've seen play, you know. He's he's a, He's a good player. He's not. He's not Westbrook. He's not those guys yet. He's not even close. And then you have then you have the two twin um, Thompson yeah. twins, you know, they're and they guess who they played against last year, high school players, young players. That's who they played against. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all uh, evens out at the end. Uh, the other thing is after the top ten, when you look at so. There was um, four college players, two two players from France, two uh, overtime elite, the twins, and one uh, G League Ignite. Yeah, I mean, there's only in the top ten. There's only four college players, and then the, it's interesting because the rest of the uh, uh, lottery, the rest of that, all of them are college players. You know, Duke, Kansas, you know, C- Connecticut, Michigan. So you know, it's interesting to me who's picking who, and these players are so young, man, and you know what it's really done? It's ushered in uh, the avenue of the NBA is totally different now. College is not the thing anymore. You go to the G League, you go overseas and play, yes. you play in this overtime elite in Atlanta, you know, that's the that's the way to go. I mean, I was just curious, Ricky, and you know me, so I looked up the uh, 23 years ago in the 2000 draft, right? 23 years ago in the 2000 NBA draft, uh, all the top 10 players that were picked in the top 10 were all college players. Five and uh, in in the top uh, lottery there was five seniors, five seniors, wow. two juniors, five sophomores, two freshmen, and a high school player named Darius Miles. Remember him? He went to the Clippers. So look at that. 20 years later, how much that has changed? It's unbelievable. It's totally, totally I mean, now you got like 19 and 20 year olds back then. You had, you know, 20, 21, 22 year olds. So yeah. you
1: know. Yeah. And and what you said, and and we want to welcome everybody in. Um all our viewers and friends are watching tonight. And uh, don't forget you can uh get this show and all our past shows at Believe.com, blea com, And Jared Wally uh, our good friend, says, right, it's important to have patience. The team needs to make sure he stays healthy with the right routines and coaching. Talking yeah. about Wimbiana, But really, you you, you could say that about everybody. I know a are today, Scoot Henderson is going to be uh, better than Isaiah Thomas. I
0: mean, oh, come on, that, no, no, he will, but... <laughs> no, no. You, you could take this, okay? Write this down. No, he won't. He's not going to be Isaiah Thomas. Sorry, no. Uh, best pick, best-cut case scenario, he's Westbrook. Because he can't shoot. He has no shot. Hopefully he's working on that, which I think he might be. Uh, but you're right, Jared. I mean, patience. People don't know the team that went beyond they played on in France. They were put together just for him. They only played one game a week. Most teams over there play two, maybe three. They only played one, so he could have practice. And uh, the other thing that, that you don't realize is uh, later in the first round, uh, they picked uh, one of his teammates, um, uh, Balar Kolobili. <laughs> so he was he was he he was uh, uh, his teammate in France. He's a three point shooter. So, you know, they were preparing them for this. And that only going to continue because, um, you know, he's going to, his body he, he needs to get bigger and stronger, but mostly stronger. Uh, and, we, you know, now in the NBA, you know, it's about ability, right? Shooting ability, dribbling ability, uh, pot, uh, passing ability, rebounding ability, defensive ability, and now it's of avi- av- av- availability, availability. Because so many guys are hurt all the time, right? You have to be available to play. Look at uh, Chad Holgram, right? He hasn't played, he was he was a top pick last year, seven, fourth kid. He hasn't played because he got hurt. So his availability is not very good yet.
1: <laughs> and Mo, well, you know what, what else stood out to me about this draft? And as a big fella, a seven-footer, I, I'm sure you probably noticed it too. Some of these big guys not even drafted. Uh, uh, Tissue uh, Oscar Tishuwe from Kentucky. Undersized,
0: but yeah, he's undersized, though. He's about 68,
1: 69. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's he, right. Drew Timmy, he, he's got a seven footer big guy, though. uh, uh, Sonago, uh not picked. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 Edie went back into. College, probably because of his draft status.
0: No one was going to pick him in the first round. That's that's insanity.
1: Absolutely
0: crazy. That's ridiculous to me. I mean, uh, that's mind boggling because guess who you have to guard? You have to guard the Joker in B. You got to guard these guys, right? They're all big guys. I mean, it's mind boggling to me that I think there is only one true center, uh, uh, the kid from Duke. Uh, Derek Lively, uh, who was he was drafted by OKC, but he was drafted for the Mavericks, and he, they traded the Mavericks. He's pretty much the only like really center that was picked. There's another a seven foot kid, but he was he's like 215 pounds. He's like a you know he's like a forward. So yeah, I mean I, I don't know. Maybe they're not out there. Let me you know, and I put down some of my um, steals in the, in the draft. Um, number one is my guy, Grady Dick. Even though he wore the worst suit ever. <laughs> is, I mean, I'm like, what are you doing? But at 13, Toronto got a 6'8", 6'9", flat out shooter with quick release. I mean, to me, that's, you know, that's a steal at 13. Uh, Golden State at 19, picked up Brandon uh from Santa Clara, a 6'5", shooter that shot 45% from the three. There's a steal for you. Uh, and uh, 25, Marcus Sasser from Houston. I, I I coached against his dad in the old CBA, and he's much like his dad, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, strong, tough competitor, really good pickup. Um, uh, Houston, Houston picked him up and traded him to, to the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, that would be a good pickup for them. And then the other one that if I'm if I'm in the NBA draft room and I'm in the second round, um, uh, I can't can't remember who picked him, but at 42, uh, a Serbian kid, just like the Joker, seven foot, 250 pounds, Tristan uh, Vojkovic. Vojkovic. Yeah, yeah. He was picked 42, the same the same pick that the Joker was. But to me, he had he has size and skill. And he's yeah. seven foot, and he's really a center. That's the guys you guys, you know. I, if I'm picking, you know, I don't have like an impact player, then I'm going to pick either a really great shooter, uh, 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 Dick, or a big guy like like this kid that's actually seven foot, legitimate guy, or an Edie that dropped out of the draft. Why don't I pick him? You know, a a, a guy that was player of the year in the NCAA. He averaged a double-double. So, you know, but those were my kind of steals or sneaky looks at in the draft that, you know, you know some people are doing their homework um, and not going for athleticism and wingspan and and potential. He's got potential. Yeah. Potential yeah. gets uh, gets you and me fired with you. That's what potential does. Uh,
1: our good brother, <laughs> Steve, is checking in, uh, saying, what's up, guys? Uh, yes, sir, I am feeling better. And, uh, Mo, how was your trip? We're going to talk a little bit about Big Mo's uh, trip over the weekend before we get out of here uh, for sure. We're going to get into in, into that. But, uh, Paul, I, I think you're right. When, I mean, when you look at the team that – that was a big lineup they had, really, with the Joker. Uh, Porter's a big guy, 6'9", 16. Gordon, 6'9", 16. I mean – it is still a place for that in the NBA. Are you, and, and I've asked you this before. Is, is this reliance on the three-point shot? Has it gotten out of hand?
0: Uh, so does my, it depend well, on your personnel? Yeah, but you pick your personnel a lot of times. I mean, when I was coaching in the G League with Chris Finch and we're down in RGB for the Houston Rockets organization, uh, we won a championship, and we came in. Uh, we lost the last game the second year, and uh, we shot over 53s a game. We had players shoot over 23s. It was a Rockets experiment, right? But we had uh, Robert Covington, we had uh, uh, Daniels, we had uh, uh, Isaiah Cannon. We had we had. So we brought in guys that could actually make threes. So that makes sense, you know. But we also had a seven-foot big from Germany that, you know, that was effective. So some teams, the three-point line is getting a little bit crazy. Um, but it's how you use it. I mean, Denver shoots threes. Not as many as a lot, but, but a lot, you know. But they have a seven-foot center handling the ball, dribble handoffs, pick and pops, you know, initiating the offense sometimes. So does Philadelphia with Embiid. Uh, I mean, let's face it, LeBron's six nine two eighty. 280. He's pretty much a center, right? And he has a... So I don't understand why... I mean, there's no team in the West that that should be thinking right now that we're going to get to the West Finals and get into the Finals without having someone that can maintain and guard the Joker. That's ridiculous. Because you're going to have to... You're running up against that. So why don't you find somebody that you can put on your roster that can nullify him? Because in the playoffs... Teams were not double-teaming him because he's too good of a passer. So they were just letting him pound down, pound down, shoot over a little guys. If you're going to do that, guess what? You're going to lose because the Denver Nuggets are the champs. So that's mind-boggling to me how more teams are thinking. I mean, if you look at, you know, I like to talk about the rosters later after we talk about free agency and stuff, but the Gold State Warriors picked up Chris Paul, and I think they're going to sign um, uh, Draymond Green too. So they have a nice – Nice, you know, seven, eight guy. They don't have, Looney's, they're big at six, nine. They don't have someone that can guard the Joker. You better find somebody, but you've run out of money. So that's a different question.
1: Um, Julio, Julio says, thank you for the great information on NBA
0: draft and your opinion. Thank you, Julio, for uh,
1: tuning that's, in.
0: That's Coach Coach uh, uh, Cervantes, who is a legend in Mexico. He coached in Mexico. He's a legend. Very good coach and a Spurs guy. Goes to a lot of the games. Hey, coach, you're gonna love watching this kid play if he can stay on the floor and someone doesn't break him in half. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much, coach, for uh, for checking us out. Mike Ju, Big Mo was right on Grady Dit, NBA value shooters now.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he's. I showed you a picture of him when I went to Kansas for the 125 re- re- reunion. I'm seven foot, and he's right here on me. He's he's a legit 6'9", and shoots with a quick release. I mean, that's the guy that, that can help your team, right? Spread the floor, Then he can also put it on the floor, but those are the guys I'm looking for.
1: And, uh, uh, Steve uh, says the Bucks didn't pick any shooters, but I think they're trying to get younger and defend the three. And uh, speaking
0: of, uh, of Drew Timmy, he signed. He signed with the Bucks as a free agent. Yeah, you know who else signed with the Bucks? I just found out today. Uh, Pace Mannion's son, Nico. Nico, yes, nice,
1: yeah.
0: Hey, Steve, there's your shooter right there, Nico Mannion, Pace Mannion's son, uh, just signed, and well, I'm going to see him play next week. He's coming here for the summer league, so uh, I'm really interested to see Nico uh, play. I mean, he, you know, I, I think this could be a great fit for him.
1: Speaking of fits, Mo. A guy like Drew Timmy, one of the best players in college basketball, he may have been a two- or three-time All-American, but I, I know he's not a – he doesn't really fit today's NBA, but how does he make a roster? Uh, I
0: mean, he's he's made his living in college on the low post. He's got great footwork. Um, you know, he, he has all the tricks under there. However, uh, in college, you're playing against 6'9", six, 6'10 six, guys in the NBA. Uh, you're going to be playing against uh, Joel Embiid and 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 uh, guys like that, you know. So I don't know if he can get those shots off uh, underneath in, in the post, uh, and they're not going to. So he needs to be able to pick, roll, catch and dish, take it out or finish. I think he can do that. He also needs to. If I'm if I'm in his camp right now, uh, what I've been doing for the last two months is working on his three-point shooting NBA range, because if he can be a pick and pop guy. You know and shoot threes and be able to put it because he can't put it on the floor that will help him but if not he's going to struggle because he's only 6'10 uh and he's not very big uh if he, if he can't do that and he's not a very good defender so you know if, if he can pick and pop and shoot nba threes consistently then he would have a shot at making the team because obviously uh his basketball iq is great uh his determination is great uh you know he makes players around him better all those are good assets but the other things are working you know, on help him make that team
1: yeah uh any any other guys in the draft that kind of stood out uh, uh for you uh Mo? and and i thought it was interesting that you pointed it out right at the top how only four guys from college programs uh were, were or top picks. If if you were a kid now that was a pro, prospect coming out of high school, would you would you go to one of these overtime elites and G leagues, or would you still do the college? No. I think
0: you know if, if I had sons that are getting ready to go into college, you know that that age, they're, they're seniors in high school or or whatever. It would depend on on the the person. So, um, you know, and, and how good they are. If they're good enough to go to Kansas, Kentucky, uh, you know, somewhere like that. And uh, they're really a, a kid that, you know, wants to be around the team and be part of something. And, and uh, you know, at this point, if you're that good, you can make a million dollars a year in college straight up, you know, and they give you a car now. So, you know, I, I would, if, if that was my son like that, I would be, pushing him maybe towards one of the high level colleges with a great coach like Bill Self or someone like that. Um, you know, if, if my son was very independent and free thinking and free wielding and uh, could handle it on his own, uh, I would either pick, uh, I would probably pick the G League Ignite that's here in Las Vegas uh, because they have an NBA structure. They have NBA coaches, uh you, you went to practice. Yeah, we
1: went to one of the practices. Yeah. So
0: that that is really NBA. NBA shoot arounds, NBA practices, NBA games, NBA soon to be referees, nice arenas. And those guys can make between two two hundred and, and I think uh, uh Scoot made a, a million last year playing here. So you know, I would lean towards that. Now if he was like a like a uh uh like the the other Lopez twin that's kind of freewheeling and you know, out there, once they explore the world, then maybe I look at a team in Italy or or Spain, uh, you know, that they go to with a great training program and, you know, something like that. I would, the last on my list might be the Overtime Elite because, uh, you know, I, I like what they're doing, but you're only playing against high school kids. All those kids are young that they're playing against and they're playing against the same kids all the time. In the G League, you're playing against men. You're playing against guys that are on NBA rosters, or, or have been, or will be. So uh, I would think college or G League, depending on what what my son's uh, mental attitude was.
1: Uh, uh, Steve, so Mo, you played with the Pistons. You played with you played with the Pistons when they were dirty. Change your hat.
0: No, I didn't. I wasn't see, a bad boy. I he, a bad boy. I, I not I'm not going
1: to say play. Mo was a dirty player, but it wasn't. He wasn't out there making freight
0: I wasn't a bad boy. It was before the bad boys. I mean, come on. It was me and Kid Benson and and uh, you know guys like that. And then uh, they traded me for Bill Laimbeer, and that's when they became the bad boys and dirty players.
1: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. But uh, Mo, you would have fit right in. with
0: <laughs> I'd have a couple rings. I mean, you could fit right in with that roster. I was the same type player as Bill. I could shoot the three. I could rebound tough, uh, physical. I was probably a little better low post score, uh, but he played the mind games that I wouldn't have been at that level with those mind games. So I I, I think I I would have fit in perfect. Um, I just would have, you know, played the mind games, but could really I could do everything that Bill Lambert could do.
1: Hey, this is my uh, my good buddy uh, Robert T. Green, the CEO of Free Postgame. Says the NCAA is going out of business.
0: Well, they've been talking about that for years. I don't know. I kind of agree with you, Robert. A couple years ago, but now that they've allowed the NIL money to come in, I think they've saved themselves for a while. Because guys, players go to you know I know average players going moving around the schools and the transfer portal that are making two three hundred grand. Uh, for a season. So, you know, uh yeah. what we college employees, um, Yeah, I mean I don't you know. So the NCAA opened up that Pandora's box. Uh they thought it would solve a lot of problems and it did, but it also created problems. When you have a football team and your quarterback's making one million dollars each season and your linemen are making fifty, that's a problem. That's a team problem, right? <laughs> you know so you know, they, they've opened that Pandora box. I always thought, you know, why doesn't, uh, in football especially, why doesn't USC, UCLA, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida, put in five more schools like that and start their own, just leave the NCAA. I, I think. I, Goodbye. 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 We're going to make our own league. We're going to have our own rules we're going to hire our own president we're going to have our own tv contract and we're going to go from there that's what i think would happen. oh
1: i don't be surprised if that I mean,
0: I mean i don't know why i mean you
1: look, look, look look at right now ucla and southern cal they're about to join the big teams that is yeah. utterly uh uh ridiculous
0: that's they, about, and it's about money it's all about money absolutely about money. so but if i'm yeah if I'm mad at the NCA and I'm a coach at Notre Dame or whatever, screw them, screw them. And Notre Dame for a lot of time, I don't know if they do anymore, because they're independent, they have their own TV contract. Still they old. have their own marketing deals. So why not combine with the big 15, whatever you want to call it, the best schools in the country, and we will get a better TV contract than any other NCA can get. You know, and, and then we'll go on their own.
1: Absolutely.
0: We will be we will be the Nike Big
1: Fifteen. <laughs> Steve, on ESPN, ABC. Steve says, sorry, uh change the sub, you guys see Andrew Tony from the 76ers. Wonder how Andrew is doing. I hope he's doing well. Boy, he was a treat to watch. What about playing against tell our, our young viewers a little bit about uh the Boston Strangler, Andrew Tony, guard from the Philadelphia 76ers.
0: Yeah, well, I think um, two weeks from now, the uh, Retired Players Association, uh, in conjunction with the NBA Summer League, we have meetings here in Las Vegas for two days. We go to we go uh, to Top Golf. They have a golf tournament. They have a cocktail party. Uh, they have all kinds of stuff, and they have meetings. So uh, possibly we'll see, we'll see Andrew here this this uh, in a couple of weeks which would be awesome. I think he's doing well. But you know for those of you out there that don't know Andrew Tony, you should look him up. Uh, he was a point a minute guy that could come off and just, you know, much like Vinny Johnson the microwave or Ricky Pearson Milwaukee, you know, he was that guy that, you know, even if they didn't start, they would score 20, 25. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if you start, it matters how you play, how many minutes you play. He was that guy and he always gave Boston Celtics fits for some reason. They didn't have a matchup for him. I I think like a Danny Ainge was not quick enough and a a DJ was uh, too slow also. And, you know, so they never had a matchup for him.
1: And let's get into some of these uh, trades that have gone down uh, over the last few days. Uh, And let's start with the one today, actually that went down with uh, John Collins leaving um, uh, Atlanta for Utah. John signed a huge contract with the the, uh, Hawks, and they were trying to get out of it because they are strapped for money. And Utah has plenty of money. And Collins, I think two years ago, averaged 21 points, 10 rebounds, and shot 40% from three. He hadn't doubled. He hadn't hit those numbers in a while, but he has still put up some pretty decent numbers. Uh, Your your thoughts on Collins going to Utah?
0: Well, like I've said for years now, right? Uh, Making a trade is for a few reasons. uh, Number one is to get your team better, right? Trying to get your team better. Number two is you want to get either younger or you want to get some experience. And number three is money. You want to, you want to, you want, and this was a money dump. So Atlanta's has made some moves. They're dumping money to get under the salary gap. Uh, and whether they're going to spend that money or not is up to them. But, you know, Utah is looking the other way. They have some good, uh, you know, uh, people, some good players there that, you know, they can make a run at the playoffs and that's what they're looking to do. And they're not afraid to, uh, you know, Anymore, I mean, you know, let's face it, man, the guy makes $25 million a year. That's not that much anymore. <laughs> I mean, so that's he'll make forty, fifty. So twenty five actually is not a bad deal for this kid, you know, because he can play. And Atlanta gets Rudy Gay, nobody cares. And a second-round future draft pick, come on, man. That's like a fire sale right there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, that's hey, uh, it. Hey, hey. Uh, Uh, Ricky, you come to my uh, garage sale, and here's some broken golf clubs. And you know what? If you buy those, I'll throw in this broken clock for you, too.
1: (laughs) Does he help Utah win games?
0: Yeah, I think so, for sure. He can score. He can pass. You know, he's got length. Yeah, I think he he helps them win games right off the bat. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think he could be one of the keys to get them into the playoffs this year. And, you know, Utah fans want to see them in the playoffs.
1: Right, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so that's that's Utah trying to get better, and that's Atlanta money money dumping. Uh,
1: the 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 big one I think is Chris Paul joining, the well first he went to uh, Washington, and of course he wasn't going to stay there. He ends up in uh, in Golden State. Uh, now you got Chris Paul running the point guard position. Are you able to play Paul, Clay, and Steph together?
0: Well, yeah, I, you know, I think you can. I mean, I was talking about, so you got Chris Paul at the point, Curry at the two, Clay at the three, Wiggins at the four, and then Looney or, I guess, Draymond at the five if you resign him. So, you know, that's a really good team. They're going to win a lot of games, but you don't have any big guys. And the problem is, I mean, You know, that's – when you look at that and with Chris Paul, you know, and if Draymond signs for what I think he will, uh, uh, 25 to 30 million for uh, four years, uh, he wants to get another three years, he he gave up 25, no. But so you're looking at between Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Chris Paul, that's $178 million next year. And guess what the salary cap is, 135. And guess what the uh, – uh, luxury tax is 168. So you you blowing that out of the water, right? So that's gone. And now they have Gary Payton II, Looney, and Kaminga. Are there only other players that are signed, you know? So, you know, they, they have to sign some other free agent guys and stuff like that. They're a little pain, but I'm not afraid. I think Chris Paul's fitting great. I think he, he can do whatever he wants. He, he'll live the minutes of himself and Curry probably. Uh, you know they can they can trade off handling the ball and stuff, but they still don't have a big. They just don't have a big. So and, what are you gonna do when you play? Even the Lakers with AD and LeBron, or you know if, if you play Denver, you know you, you don't have any size to combat that. So you got to go super small. Which you know what, super small can win a game or two, but not not usually a seven game series.
1: And especially when you got to deal with uh, Denver, we just talked about how big they are. And Jared brings up something you got to watch with Chris at this, uh, you know, uh, point in his career. Uh, He is not holding up for an entire year.
0: Yeah, so they won't play him. Chris won't play. First half of the season, he's going to take a lot of games off because they don't want him for the season. They want him for the playoffs. So he's going to take a lot of minutes off. Uh, You know, they got to find somebody, uh, you know, because, you know, Curry's, Getting older, and he's getting beat up, and Clay has had his injuries. Uh, Wiggins was was missing all last year because of personal reasons. Um, you know, Looney's always there. Draymond usually plays, but yeah. But Chris Paul is not going to play much. He'll, you know, he'll he'll probably you know take off. I bet out of the eighty-two games he plays, like in maybe sixty, maybe. And then out of those 60, I bet he plays less than 25 minutes most of the time until the playoffs. So, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of this. I know he gets hurt all the time, but, you know, they're going to they're gonna guard him. They're going to bring him in for, uh, you know, make having a good season. They've already done that. They brought him in to win in the playoffs. Now they need to find a big to do that, but, you know, he, they're not going to wear him out.
1: Hey, good, good, good comment from Steve. Um, Minnesota was going places two years ago. Now I'm so confused. I think they're confused too. Us.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know, uh, My buddy, my guy Chris Finch is. You know, it's tough. I mean, they 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 traded the farm. They sold the farm for Rudy Gobert. They gave away draft picks and players and everything. And, you know, and and it's, it's you know he and the uh, cat don't seem to play well together because you got two seven footers. They're good on they're okay on offense, but defense. We can't guard pick and roll
1: when, when you make a move like that. Mo, that's a big move. What do you think they were thinking when they were going to bring Rudy in? <laughs> what, what he would bring in terms, okay, we're well, gonna get a good game, we're gonna get much better defensively.
0: They get a rim protector, one of the best in the league, and get they will go from you know 20th and rebounding in the league to top five. That's what they're thinking because Rudy Gobert averages. 10, 12, 13 rebounds a game. So any he, and he protects the rim, and he can catch and finish. Uh, the problem is on defense. You, you know, uh, with uh, with those two bigs, they, they can't guard pick and rolls. Uh, you know, like, and we know the NBA is like that. And, you know, I talked to Chris last year when this was done. And and I said, Chris, if I was you, I, I'd invest in, a, a, you know, a 2-3 zone and put those guys, you know, on the bottom where they, they can cover. They're long enough to cover out to the corner shooters and then get back, but they don't have to guard, pick, and rolls.
1: Yeah. And then it is just amazing how effective zone defenses have become in the NBA now. Oh.
0: Well, I think that's deceiving. I think that's deceiving. I think the Celtics – I think Miami threw it at the Celtics, and they struggled. And then they threw it at Denver somewhat, and they struggled. But then they figured it out. They put, they put the joker in the middle, and they threaded it. So, you know – the, the zone defense is is a good, you know, if you have two bigs that can't cover pick and roll, you, you take away the pick and roll, you put them down low, that's good. But after a while, there's, the NBA is too talented. There's too many three-point shooters. There's too many guys that can drive and get to the lane and finish up the basket and probably get fouled, driving the gaps. And then you drive the gaps and kick it out to your good three-point shooter. So, you know, when I was with the Dallas Mavericks, our defense, you know, got better, but it wasn't great. And we would throw uh you know the zone in you know for a couple two three plays and then take it off and then maybe put it on later because if you let an nba team set up against the zone and put their personnel that they want in there uh it's not going to work that's why i think the they should just allow regular zone why not i mean but uh brandon bill the
1: brandon Bill trade to uh to uh, uh, Phoenix, your thoughts on on Bill going to Phoenix?
0: Well, I think um, you know. Let's. Think, like, how active were the Wizards? Right? <laughs> yeah. They were. They were involved at least in, in at least three three trades, and so you know uh, they gave up like Pozingas and Bradley Beal. They picked up uh, Mike uh, Mike Muscala uh, and uh, Gallinari, who are decent players. Tyrus Jones. The 35th pick um they picked up jordan Poole, uh you know so they and they picked up like draft picks from the other one so you know i think they did pretty good and you know but if if you're looking at the phoenix suns you know obviously they wanted to get off chris paul's contract and he's older and, and like we talked about he gets hurt a lot so they wanted to get off him and off his contract and this was a great i think this was a great deal now uh, I, I mean, last year we thought when they made when they got KD, they were one of the best five player rosters out there, right? I mean, you had Chris Paul, you had uh, Booker, you had Aiden, uh, you had KD, and then whoever else wants to throw there. It doesn't matter. You or me, it doesn't matter. So, you know, but now you look at their roster, uh, you know, and they got Beal, Booker, KD, and Aiden, right? That's a nice... That's a nice group. Do you keep Aiden happy? Because he's complaining about shots anywhere, anyway. And guess what? When Beal comes in, you're going to get less shots, brother, I'm going to tell you right now. So you better learn how to pick and roll and dunk and block shots and rebound and be happy and try to win. Forget about points. I'm telling you. Forget about points. Win. Uh, the problem with uh, the problem with Phoenix is, uh, you know, with those, with KD, Booker, Aiden, and Beal, that's $162 million they have tied up. 162 million, and we know what the salary cap is. That's at so that's four players, and they're at the um, the luxury tax already. With four players, you can't play with four players. And guess what? They only have one other player signed. Yeah. So they got to fill out a whole roster of what whoever's right, whoever's
1: and more. and they still don't have anybody to guard the Joker. I mean, not that anybody really does.
0: Yeah, but but I I thought thought Aiden guarded them as well as anybody. Aiden guarded them as well as anybody. So they have that. I would, they need to, they had a, they had a, I can't remember his name. It's from Australia, a 7'1 kid that's 270 pounds uh, that they should keep. So he and Aiden could kind of level that off. But, you know, that's only their small, they only have six players. Yeah, to that six. <laughs> That's a problem. You know, who do you fill those with?
1: Okay. Um let's see. Uh uh, uh, uh oh, I wanted to get into get your thoughts on um Damian Lillard is considering
0: well, let's rewind, let's go one more trade, right? Okay, go ahead. The other big trade, right? Marcus Smart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Marcus Marcus Smart. Uh, know, this. Uh, went, you know, Boston and the Wizards, of course, and Memphis had a three-way deal. Marcus Smart went to Memphis. Uh, you know, he was a big piece of the Boston Celtics for years and years. He even dyed his hair green. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, the, the Celtics made that move because they saw that, you know, they, they, they lost in game seven against Miami. They should have never done that. If they would have done that you know, they'd be, they'd stay pat and add somebody and go along. But, you know, they didn't stay pat, so they needed, they needed another big, you know, Um, know, Horford, you know, he's a great backup big, but he's seven years old. There's something about Williams the third. He's active, he blocks shots, he plays hard. There's something about him. I know he's hurt a lot. There's something about him that rubbed them the wrong way. So. They pick up Pozingas, who, by the way, averaged like 20 and 12 last year, by the way. So he's not dead in the water. He's not as stiff. And, you know, you put him with with that group, you know, with Tatum and Brown uh, and, uh, you know, those other backup guys they have. And, you know, that adds another, uh, another look for the Boston Celtics. So, you know, giving up Marcus Smart was not easy for them. Uh, but I think it might have been the right move. Uh, Marcus Smart was the, was the heart of their defense, though. That hurts. Uh, they also picked up uh, a first-round pick uh, in the future in next year, and they swapped pits. They, get, they got a 25th pick instead of 30th for this year. So, you know, they got something from Marcus Smart, um, and they went to the Wizards, who, you know, chuggled whatever they got. So, you know, I, I, mean, I think Pozingis is going to help the Boston Celtics um, whether they can get past the Milwaukee Bucks, who knows? Because Milwaukee has to sign Gordon Lopez, they have to sign Middleton. Uh, you know, they have some other pieces they have to get, so they have to decide where they're at. Um, you know, Philly has to decide: do we do we give Harden another hundred million or so? You know, and go at this again. Um, you know, so there's some big question marks in the East.
1: Yeah, Middleton turned down forty million. Man,
0: is that what he turned down?
1: yeah dude and he hadn't really played in a couple of years
0: yeah but i mean it's okay i'm gonna give up 45 million and i'm gonna get 35. i'm gonna give up 45 million for one year and i'm gonna get 35 for the next five years thank you thank you, thank you. i mean you know guys are i mean you know we talk about free agents guys are throwing away money you know lifetime money If that you know but
1: you know here's one my uh from mike jewel you got 200 for a, a 24 NBA title futures bet. Who are you taking, Mo?
0: I'll give you a big, from Vegas, I'll give you a big heads up. I ain't taking nobody yet. <laughs> you don't even know who's playing on whose team. You know, who knows? You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right before training camp, you know, but I'll tell you who I'm picking, I'm picking odds. So, you know, whoever's the favorite, I ain't picking them. I'm gonna pick someone that's. At, I'm gonna put my 200 on someone that's, you know, ten to one. You know, so I'm gonna make some good money. I mean, I think <laughs> that I think the Nuggets were 15 to one when the or something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mike
0: says, "Come on, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man! You, don't put on a don't put any money on a bet that you don't know what you don't know how many cards you get or what."
1: Yeah. Whoa, Bucks talking twenty million a season for
0: five years for And I guess you're right, man. There you they're go, right gonna, there. They're gonna spread it out, so you know. So that's what's that? Two hundred million? I mean, that's a hundred million. It's a hundred million. So you give up forty-seven, and you get a hundred. You know, why not? I mean,
1: hey, but, not? not bad if you can get it, brother. It, it yeah, just, I
0: mean, I mean, so Draymond Green passed up twenty-seven million, million. Uh, James Harden passed up thirty-five million. Uh, uh, Fred VanVleet passed up twenty-three million. You know because they're going for years. Because let's face it, that's you know it's going to be Middleton's last big contract, right? Yeah. So what happens if next year he stays in place for forty-seven million? Which don't get me wrong, I mean I can live off that. So can my kids. So can their kids. But you know what happens if something bad happens and that's the end of my career? Yeah. Or do I want to make another sixty million?
1: Lopez going to resign with the Bucks. I think oh, they have yeah. to resign him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's, they have it, to. Re-sign. It, it, yeah.
1: He, he, he's important. He's as as important to Milwaukee's championship aspirations as Giannis is. He's not a better player than Giannis, but he's as important because you cannot win one. You got to have him.
0: Yeah, I mean. Shot blocker, underrated defender, can make the three. Fits in with the mentality. Absolutely. I mean, the Bucks. You know, the Bucks need to run it back. The Bucks are one of the teams that need to run it back. You know, Middleton was hurt. Then Giannis got hurt. God, I hope I. I hope you listen to me, Giannis. I hope you're at home working on free throws, passing, and a mid-range game. Please, please. He said he's Absolutely.
1: coming back with benches, you know? yeah.
0: Mo. Okay, that's all great. Yeah, I'm gonna come back. Yeah, whatever. What, what does that mean? That's the three things you need to work on, right? Three-point shooting, free throw shooting, mid-range again, pull-ups, don't charge, and passing. There you go. Four things. Work on them. Yeah, and the as reason, I always
1: you ask you, you're not asking him to work on things he can't do. Those are things he can do back.
0: Yeah, he, in the offseason, you need to work on things you can't do. Michael Jordan came in the league with no jump shot. He left the league when he was shoot threes. You know, you, you got to work on your – that's what you work on in the offseason. I mean, come on, man. If you're going to play and handle the ball, you're going to get – how many times you get to the free throw line? 10 to 15 a game, right? Hey, hey, Mo, when 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 MJ
1: came in, you guys were handling the bulls with these with you're, – you're, you guys are worried about the Sixers and the Celtics. But when did you see – when did you say, uh-oh, something's happening over there?
0: When he worked on his game. When he worked on his shooting and, and his passing and started trusting teammates. Period. Once he started doing that, you know, and they put the right people around him with Pippen and who coached and those dudes and Bill Cartwright, you know, then, then, you know, I mean, then it, then it fit in. But, I mean – I mean Giannis, like I said before, he he's one of the most uh, unskilled uh, MVPs in NBA history, right? I mean, I mean, he, I, I love him, right? Competes, goes to the basket strong, great finisher, like freaky deaky, uh, blocks shots, rebounds, dives on the floor, does all that. But he's a bad free throw shooter. He's a bad three point shooter. He turns the ball over when he drives, and he has no mid range pull up. Sure. I mean, come on, man! I mean, well, just okay. think if he, if he did that—just two of those, free throws, and pull-up game, mid-range game. Those those two. If he worked on those two this summer, and then do the other ones later, he'd be unstoppable, and he'd be MVP for years to come. Well, apparently,
1: the poor side of Milwaukee, his free throws have gotten a lot better, according to uh, John McLaughlin. Uh, yeah. Okay. Buck, but, yeah, like let me it, see. It.
0: So. Let me see the game, man. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> you want to see when the when the uh, bell rang? Hey, Mo, we're, we're running out of time here. But uh, uh, Daniel Lillard is, is uh, saying that he it reports are Lillard has some interest in maybe leaving Portland if they don't do something to upgrade that roster, And get somebody to run with him. And, and Miami is a destination. Y- your thoughts on Lillard?
0: He should leave because Portland's not going to be in the running. Portland can't fill people around you. That, that's, that, that, those days are gone, Damian. That's are gone, Damian. I mean, they're, they're gone. So go move on like everybody else does. Look at Miami, uh, you know, shoot. Look at um, Milwaukee. Look at, you know, other teams. Look at Denver. I mean, Denver needs, Denver needs to make some moves now, you know. Denver, uh, Bruce Brown just declared free agency. Denver need to make a couple moves anyway. They need to make moves now, but, you know, you, you, it's time for you to leave. I mean, I love your loyalty, blah, 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 but go get yourself a ring. You know, I, I'm not under ch- ring chasing like a lot of guys have done. Uh, I would have done it if I could have. <laughs> I'd take a ring. I don't care if I chase it or not, but, you know, you're in, you're in purgatory. You're in purgatory. I mean, you know, look at that, Ross. I mean, so, you know, let's see. You got, you know, Denver, Dallas, Golden State lakers uh memphis uh here's the team sacramento sacramento kings man there's the team they uh, how well did they do and they're they're 40 million under the salary cap they can go out and get damon lillard i mean mean, this
1: guy has tremendous range
0: yeah it's ridiculous so you know i mean I can't tell somebody what to do. I mean, if, you, if, if you're happy playing in Portland, great city, you know, you're the guy, you can you pretty much do whatever you want, right? You shoot for half-court if you want. It doesn't matter. No one's going to, you know, bother you. You're not going to win. You're barely going to make the playoffs. But, okay, you're going to make $200 million. By the end of your career, you're going to have $300 million. Who cares? If you're happy doing that, that's okay. But if you want to win a championship or be in the running, you can't be in Portland. Sorry. It doesn't work. I mean, let's, like, uh, free agency starts on June 30th, right? Yeah. Uh, the oh, let's, hit,
1: let's, let's get out of here. Yeah.
0: Draymond Green probably re-signing. James Harding, these are unrestricted. These are unrestricted. They can go anywhere they want. Their, their, their teams can pay them more, but they can go anywhere they want. A lot of these other guys are restricted uh, teams have to do it. Draymond Green probably signing back with Golden State. Maybe not. Maybe he goes to Denver. Maybe he goes to Lakers, but... James Harden, they need to decide what he's doing with them. Kyrie Irving, who wants another 100 mil, is in Dallas, and they're trying to sign him back. Here's the really free agent for all these teams. Fred Van Fleet. If I was Miami, that's who I'd go after, and then then a big. Uh, Westbrook, no thank you. D'Angelo Russell, no thank you. Uh, Gabe Vincent from Miami, who had a terrible finals, but he's a really good player. Uh, Bruce Bruce Brown from uh, uh, Denver. Austin Reeves from the Lakers, but he's a restricted. Uh, if if I was um, uh, Sacramento or someone like that, I would look at signing Austin, uh, I mean, uh, shooters. If I want to shoot, if I'm a team, I want shooters. Max Struess and Seth Curry out. both of them out there. If you need shooters to spread the floor, those are your guys. Then you got Chris Middleton probably signing back. Uh, 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 Kyle Kuzma. Dylan Brooks who evidently nobody wants. Uh Draymond, Brooke Lopez. Here's another one. Um, if I was uh Gold State, I don't know that they have no much money, or I was someone that need to be, Christian Woods. Christian Woods, the seven footer who played with <laughs> Dallas, who shot block block shots, rebounds, mm-hmm. plays hard. Uh and Yeah. Christian Woods, you could probably get him cheap. Cheap, cheap, like twenty million a year. Really cheap. <laughs> and then uh uh another Dwight Powell from Dallas who's out there. But there's some really good free agents. Like if if I was Sacramento, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go get Max Struess and Seth Curry. Now I got shooters everywhere, you know, and now we're, we're <laughs> uh
1: Mike Joe, thanks for the uh info. Good show. Thank you, Mike. We wanna thank everybody for uh for tuning in and checking us out. Hey, hey Mo, quickly, we're going to talk a little bit about it uh, next week. But you uh, you, you had a road
0: trip over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you know how much I like to travel, Rick. I don't like to get on airplanes anymore, guys. I, you know, when I was a scout with the Mavericks, I was on the plane 20 times a month. Um, but I got a call from the football coach at New Mexico State. He wanted me to come in and talk to his team. Uh, and he's such a great guy, Coach Kill. He's doing a great job there. They're turning that program around from the worst in football uh, two years ago to they went to a bowl and won a bowl game last year. And just a great group of kids. And he wanted to talk about a couple things uh, in life and in in, uh, sports choices, decisions, and then the consequences. Because these young players, you know, social media and everything, they have all these, they have a, a ton of choices to make. Then they have to make a decision, and but then they have to deal with the consequences. You know, a la um, uh, the uh, kid from uh, uh, Memphis, I mean, you know, John Moran. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he made wrong decisions, didn't he? And he's dealing with, with the consequences. And the other thing I talked to him about is uh, social media life versus real life. You know, nobody posts their failures or disappointments or embarrassments on their social media. They only post the good stuff. Well, guess what? That's that's not life. You know, at 66 years old, I've left, led a lot of life, and life is kind of up and down mostly. Uh, and it's how you deal with it. And, uh, you know, with the social media, everything, everyone, these kids look at somebody and they go, oh, look at the great life. He's, he's on a boat and he's doing this and he's, oh, everything is great. That's not really true. So you got to really uh, think about that. I, I have a, the real life versus the social media life.
1: And, 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 and speaking of Coach Kill, Coach Kill, his first head coaching job was at Saginaw Valley State in Michigan. Oh, yeah. D2 school, and uh, they did uh, very well. They, made, they took him to the playoffs, and Coach Kill has overcome some health issues. And, and hey,
0: he, uh, had a, he had a seizure on the, on the sidelines in Minnesota, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a, a, a heck of a coach, and I, he has I, a great I, story.
0: I'm telling you, yeah, they – you know, I don't know football that well, but talking to assistant coaches, they have a bunch of them, and they're great guys. I mean, they're really good. Uh, they, they won a bowl game last year, and almost everybody's back, uh, and they have some NFL prospects. So I'm looking at them to do some damage this year, and, uh, you know, uh, it's gonna, I just loved it. I love talking to young kids.
1: Yeah, we will get more into that. But Mo, no, listen, young man, uh,
0: my kids. <laughs>
1: a, a, a great hour. I want to thank everybody for all your questions and comments. I hope I got to everybody. Uh I, I think I did. uh, uh one more here. Steve says uh keys are going to be better and a good show. Yeah. yeah they are. And,
0: and here's the deal. They they're under the salary cap. If they're smart, they can get a couple impact players and really you know, they, they need to get a, you know, they have some who's, who's an undersized center. Maybe give him another big body next to him and maybe pick up a, a shooter like, uh, like Curry or someone like that and who they could do some damage next year. I like their team because I like the possibility of what they can do and who they can add. Yeah.
1: Well, hey, thanks. Don't forget to check us out on theleaves.com, uh, dot com For the big fella, uh, Paul Mokeski, I'm Ricky Hampton. We're going to get
0: out of here. Peace, everybody. See you next time. Take care. All right. See you more. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.